Today, we live at a unique point in human history where data is becoming the new currency. Beyond oil, dollars, and social status, data is emerging as one of the most powerful and consequential currencies around the globe. Technology, computer processing, cloud storage, and artificial intelligence are empowering these data to transform zeros and ones into insightful and even profound realizations about almost every aspect of our lives. I'm John Nosta. And this is FutureDose.Tech with your hosts, Dr. Timothy Ungst and Megan Chilcott. Technology, pharmacy, and better healthcare delivery by creating more efficient, higher quality concierge-like pharmacist services, we can transform from the pharmacist of yesterday into the future provider of pharmacy tomorrow. FutureDose.Tech is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, the global leader in pharmacy podcasting and the largest, most influential network of podcasts about the profession and business of pharmacy. Greetings, this is Timothy Youngst, Associate Professor of Pharmacy Practice and co-host of the FutureDose.Tech podcast, member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. So, I haven't really talked for a while. It's the end of the year, so as you know, we got into holidays, and I was doing a lot of talks, getting to talk at, about digital health and medication adherence at the ASHP mid-year, and a few other talks around the region. So, it's nice to get back into some podcasting, but that being the case, there's something that I think to start this year I really want to talk about. And for me right now, I want to say... 2019 needs to be the year that pharmacy gets into digital health. And you may say, well, what do you mean by that? And this comes from conversations I'm having with a number of people and what I'm seeing in the media. The focus on digital health is building up dramatically. And yet at the same time, there's such a low presence in the pharmacy profession. I think this really struck me because when I was even giving my talk and having conversations over dinner and with people over drinks and just people asking me randomly my thoughts on what this technology means. A lot of pharmacists equate this with informatics. And I think that's probably one of the most damning things that's going to hit us if we can't get over the fact that digital health is not informatics or just that area. This goes beyond that. So it demonstrates to me that we have a relatively low understanding of this nascent field. And I would argue almost all healthcare providers and professionals have a very low understanding, but there are organizations that are way ahead of us at this time. I mean, that includes organizations like the American Medical Association, who are really out there and have really been targeting digital health much more than we have. And if we take that into consideration, where does pharmacy fall? What organizations are going to lead us? Who's going to help get us to understand digital health and make it more knowledgeable for the memberships out there? And I, I think that's probably one of my biggest things that's my complaint at this time and something I'm really concerned about. So, you know, where does this come into play? So for me, if I look at 2018, you know, there's a number of headlines. We got CVS at Aetna. We have PillPack for $1 billion with Amazon. We have all these companies rolling out basically on-demand delivery services, trying to either leverage their front end to get out products or trying to get uh, patients into the pharmacy for services. And yet, when I look at this, it is all just trying to digify or 
technologically advance a product-based model. And that's what pharmacy is at this current time, by and large. For most of the profession is staff pharmacists. We are dependent on getting out medications to patients and using technology to do that just makes sense. I mean, to be honest, when we enter the technological era in this renaissance with the internet, yeah, it's just an evolution of what we were doing. But that's the thing, is it's just us reinventing what we currently do. We're not actually going any further. And this is where we're seeing issues come up in healthcare that other professions are really worried about. Take, for instance, radiology. They are really scared about the issue of AI. They are, there are studies in their companies that are out there trying to show that their technology can scan images way faster than a human can and can come up with the same response and faster. So scalability, instead of hiring 10 radiologists, you only need two and this computer can handle the rest. So what do we do? Where are we at? So let's just stick with pharmacy here for now. But if we're at this point in time where we are a product-based service, I mean, product-based model, how do we get to a service-based model in order to expand what we can do? Yes, we've been talking about NTM for years. It's been over a decade. It has not taken off very far. But, you know, can technology reinvent that? Can technology also enable us to do things that we haven't been able to do in the past? Look at this. I mean, Abilify, my site, comes to market with a partnership between Proteus Digital Health and Atsuka Pharmaceuticals. Okay, so now we have a smart pill on the market. It's probably going to be focused on a specialty market, but along with that, we get Teva Pharmaceuticals, who just comes out with their first smart inhaler called the DigiHaler. And we have news that Novo Nordisk and Eli Lilly are going to be bringing on the market smart insulin pens. This is just a start. This is the floodgates opening up. Whether the profession and whether pharmacy is ready for it or not, I don't know. But the reality is there's going to be more. Abilify may be the first one, there's going to be many, many others coming down. We just got news that they move into the oncology market. Gilead's probably going to come out with some partnership with um, Truvada, and there's going to be others. So even if we look at us and we are lambasted saying, oh, wow, you know, that's cool, we can't sit by silence because at this point in time, these drugs, these smart-enabled drugs are going to be hitting us soon, and we're going to be dispensing them. And what comes down to that? There, there's this problem with workflow. There's a problem with knowledge and education. Um, you know, it's going to be almost tech support work because you're going to have patients coming in saying, how do I sync up my inhaler? How do I sync up my pill or use this patch? Or how do I tie my um, my insulin pen with my phone? Where do I download the app? And then, oh, it said I'm doing a bad job or my adherence rate is low or this and that. So what should I do? We have to now give clinical advice. We now have to get tech advice. And we're going to have data out there that's, you know, who's going to act on us? Is physicians going to act on us? Is it going to be nursing? Is it going to be us? And along with that, there are going to be concerns about liability. So let's suppose hypothetically you have a patient, I'm going to target, you know, Abilify for now. So you have a patient that has schizophrenia that misses a dose. Then they miss two doses. At what point in your workflow are you going to say, I should intervene and find out what's going on with that patient? Um, this is all new. This is a wild west for us. There is no guide saying how we're going to do this. So this technology has been thrust upon us and we're going to own it and use it. Otherwise, someone else is going to come along, maybe able to do it better. And the reality is we may lose an opportunity here. You know, I've been talking about the issue of remote patient monitoring, whereby you know, using technology, physicians are able to bill for services. So why not try seeing if we can get remote patient monitoring for these kind of adherence monitoring services? 
and act upon them and get paid for them. And if that goes in the case, then we expand further into clinical abilities. And along with that, another area that gets me is this whole topic of digital therapeutics. And I've talked about this as well. It's software enabled that can lead to a clinical outcome based on evidence. So, you know, for pharmacy, we have pharmacotherapeutics. Well, now this is just digital therapeutics, uh, where an app could be used that could help a patient stop smoking, could help them manage any uh, opioid or substance abuse disorder. And that's just a tip. There's going to be others coming. It's going to be neural. It's going to be apps that could help out with people with Parkinson's or oncology and cancer, um, pulmonary diseases, you name it. And this is all brand new. Hey, Pharmacy Podcast Nation. Here's a quick message from our sponsors supporting the PPN QD. If you or your patients struggle with muscle cramps, spasms, soreness, or restless leg syndrome, you're going to want to hear about our non-opioid TheraWorks Relief. TheraWorks Relief is a clinically proven and published locally acting topical solution that prevents and relieves muscle cramps, spasms, and soreness in the legs and feet. In a research study including patients diagnosed with restless leg syndrome, TheraWorks Relief was shown to reduce symptoms commonly associated with accompanying RLS, including muscle cramps and spasms. Muscle cramps are reported as a side effect of hundreds of prescription medications, from intravenous iron sucrose and conjugated estrogens to statins and diuretics. By managing muscle cramps, TheraWorks Relief supports adherence, helping patients stay on important and often life-saving medications. TheraWorks Relief comes in an easy-to-use, fast-absorbing, non-greasy foam that can prevent muscle cramps and spasms with just a few simple applications a day. To learn more about TheraWorks Relief, go to theraworksrelief.com and click on the healthcare professional link. So, no one knows what to do with it. The technology is coming, but there's been relatively little thought put into how we're going to clinically use it. And who's going to prescribe these things and utilize them for pride clinical care? There's no language. And that's really amazing because this is an opportunity for us to get in there. What's it say, you know, if a pharmacist is dispensing Suboxone, can't say to a patient, hey, there's an app out there that can help you, you know, with any substance abuse. What's to say a patient that is on nicotine replacement therapy can't be prescribed an app by a pharmacist to help guide them to stop with their smoking? And what's to say we can't be paid for this service? So, you know, I keep lamp- I keep going and harping upon a product-based model, but let's move to a service-based model. Let's use technology to get us to that point. And I think that's really where I'm seeing a huge possibility for pharmacy as I wrap my head around this and I try talking more about pe- to people and I really try to you know focus on what this all really means. I'm it, it is cool, but you know it's moving beyond that in terms of well, let's see how we can figure out how to use it. So I mentioned we we're going to need to get our organizations involved. I would argue you know pharmacists should be approaching or asking APHA, ASHP, NACDS, you know the whole alphabet soup that represent us. You know what is what are they doing to help out and understand where digital health falls into place for us. Um, you know, CEs, modules, certificates, I don't know, the sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned. I think formal education will have to pick this up. That's probably one of my big missions. And then um, as we go along this, what is CVS, Walgreens, and other companies going to do for workflow integration? What are they going to do and determine, you know, how their pharmacists deal with this technology? Or just say, you'll dispense it and forget about it? Or are they going to say, ooh, you know, 
CVS and Aetna. You know, there's a vertical market right there where they basically are responsible for patient outcomes. They're going to say, this is something we need our pharmacists to start monitoring to make sure they're adherent and stick on therapy so it can reduce cost. And, you know, is there other services we can start tying into this so we can actually get paid for it? I mean, is that where this is going to go? And if it is, how do we get ready for it? This stuff is going to drop on us. And I think by and large, many of us in the profession are really going to be caught with their pants down. And a lot of people will be really scared of it. And I, I blame a lack of education overall because that's one the area that we need to really focus on and get up to speed. So... Along with that is, as I mentioned, you know, being paid to do this stuff because this could just turn into one more metric for pharmacists to make sure they're doing these things. If we're not even paid for it to monitor adherence, that's going to suck away a lot for people, I think. It's going to not give as much meaning for the time they're going into it. If we do get paid for it, that means that maybe we get more hours in terms of jobs that are out there. And it also maybe means different positions outside of just a staffing dispensing role. So... You know, we're these are things I think that we really need to focus on this current time. These are things that we need to be talking about and putting out there. And this is stuff I think that will help the profession progress to another level. I mean, at the end of the day, it sounds like sci-fi. And the beauty about science fiction is that nothing is written and that everything is up to change. You know, Star Trek would never have predicted where we've gone. Um, but this isn't, you know, along the levels of where we're going to go to a crazy point, I think. But, you know, we've other technology we should consider. Like, where does VR and augmented reality come into play? What is the, is an iPhone or a Android device the end-all be-all? I think we also need to start asking questions. What, what technology is also going to be expanding and coming down as well in the pipeline? Because if we're just dealing with this, again, we'll probably see the same issue come up in another decade. So... We're going to have to start paying attention to different ways that technology come into healthcare. I think, you know, there's a big possibility for us to be talking, you know, how do we deal with data and data analytics, um, training for pharmacists to understand that. Behavioral science is an area I think that we need to start actually really talking about as well, because a lot of this stuff is just trying to change habits or change behavior. Um, Along with that is also, you know, telemedicine and teleservices. Is that something that we're going to be engaged upon and have to utilize? So... These are areas that really have been grabbing my attention. And I think this is stuff that is going to drastically change for us. And I would like to think that if we get to the point where we can be ready as a profession, we can be very engaged with patients. And, you know, the one one thing I would constantly hear also that always gets me is people be like, well, even older patients, no one wants to use this and such. And my retort to this is, that's understandable. But the reality is, eventually that generation will go away. And what I would pose to anyone is, how will you be engaging in your own health in 40 years? The likelihood is, we all face our own mortality. And by and large, for younger practitioners out there, you're probably very involved with using a mobile device all the time. You may be playing with a smartphone for all at this while you listen to this or driving a car with it synced up. I don't know, but it's there. And just give it thought. So where are we going to be in 20 and 40 years? What are you going to do when you get ill and how will you engage in your health? Imagine the possibilities in terms of what technology is going to throw out there and what we're going to be utilizing. And that is what really amazes me at this current time. It's not just a matter of trying to prepare how we're going to treat patients now. It's trying to imagine 
what is the future going to hold for where this stuff all goes? And that is probably one of the most interesting things to me at this current time. I think that's going to be a fun endeavor. I think this opens up a lot of opportunities for pharmacists, but I think it's also going to throw some questions in terms of any healthcare professional. What does this mean? Where, what is health? And even though I talk about digital health all the time, the reality is that in a few years, this will just be health. It won't be digital health. This will just be what a standard is for care. So, end it all, you know, we have pharma thinking, you know, beyond the pill because they're trying to figure out how they can patent an app to help out with a patient and be and make money from it. Again, I come back to you. Pharmacy has to think beyond the pill, and I think technology is going to be a big way that could play a role for us. But we need to speak up. We need to start voicing our concerns and voicing what we need and understanding this area better. So thank you for your time. This is Timothy Youngs from Future Dose and part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to FutureDose.Tech. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this podcast on your favorite social media outlets. Be sure to stay connected to the Pharmacy Podcast Network and return for your next FutureDose.Tech episode coming soon. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.